Support for this podcast is provided by Paradox, the conversational AI company helping global talent acquisition teams at Unilever, McDonald's and CVS Health get recruiting work done faster. Let's face it, talent acquisition is full of boring administrative tasks that drag the hiring process down and create frustrating experiences for everyone. Paradox's AI assistant, Olivia, is shaking up that paradigm, automating things like applicant screening, interview scheduling, and candidate Q&A, so recruiters can spend more time with people, not software. Curious how Olivia can work for your team? Then visit paradox.ai to learn more. There's been more of scientific discovery more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Before we start the show this week, I want to tell you about an event that I'm hosting later in the month. The combination of technological disruption and the current economic uncertainty is causing all of us to think deeply about the future of talent acquisition. To help you cut through some of the noise out there around the future, I'm running a webinar looking at the road ahead for talent acquisition. It's taking place on Tuesday, April 18th at 11am Eastern Time, and a recording will be made available for everyone who registers. So don't worry if your calendar or time zone don't align to watch it live. You can register by going to bit.ly slash Matt Alder. That's bit.ly slash Matt Alder. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 511 of the Recruiting Future podcast. It's now three years since the pandemic changed many people's work trajectories. While some companies have returned to the office and others are desperately trying to, remote and hybrid work continue to be the norm for many organisations. So, Putting aside noisy narratives and vested interests, trying to take us back to the pre-pandemic status quo, what are the actual benefits and challenges of a distributed workforce? Also, with the opening up of global talent pools, what can employers do to position themselves as an employer of choice in 2023? My guest this week is Sarah Fern, Chief People Officer at Velocity Global. Velocity Global has employees working remotely across six time zones and 27 countries. And Sarah has some valuable insights to share on the benefits and challenges of being a distributed employer. Hi, Sarah, and welcome to the podcast. Hello, Matt. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Please could you introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Wonderful. I'm so happy to be here. My name is Sarah Fern. I'm based in the UK and I'm the Chief People Officer at Velocity Global. Velocity Global help companies hire, employ and pay people anywhere in the world in 185 countries and legal entities and counting. Fantastic stuff. And is your is your organization a remote organization as well? Are you kind of do you have people all over the world or all over the country? How does it set up? We are indeed mad. We are in 53 countries and growing, and we have a very healthy mix of people with no offices in their country. We have people who are traveling and working from anywhere. We have people who frequently go into one of our Upflex offices. So it's a really, really interesting mix 
around the globe across six continents and time zones. That makes you the perfect person to to answer these questions because what I've noticed when it comes to the way that conversations about hybrid working and remote working happen, we seem to be stuck in this rut of a debate about people going back to the office and, you know, hybrid's amazing or hybrid's bad or remote's amazing, remote's bad. And there just seems to be a kind of a desperate move to restore the the previous state of status quo and not as much debate as there should be about, you know, the advantages and the challenges of hybrid and remote working. So talk us through, you know, from your perspective in terms of the way your company works and what your company does, what opportunities do remote and hybrid work offer employers and employees? I love that question. And, you know, as you say, Matt, there's been so much debate. It almost feels like there's been a collision and it's almost a war that's sort of raging between employers and employees and and, and different groups. And, you know, I think the opportunities are, you know, they're there. The opportunities are huge. And when I look at, you know, the, the way we work around the globe across six different time zones and and continents, you know, the opportunities really, you know, are there for employers where you have access to the best talent across the world, no matter where they are. You know, you might be expanding your, your group and you're looking for the best, best project manager anywhere who is to say that that best project manager, you know, the, the most fantastic project manager lives within five miles of where you happen to be based. And so even the idea of, you know, everyone has to be in one place all the time and everyone has to gather in one place, it, it doesn't make sense for businesses. It doesn't make sense for, you know, when you're looking for, for the best person. And so when you have the globe at your disposal and you can look for the, the best project manager anywhere in the planet, you know, you have to have that trust, you have to have that leadership style as well, where you go, actually, it doesn't matter where they are, I need the best quality person, I need the best skill set, you know, I I want that person to do A and B, and that's all I care about. And that ultimately challenges the beliefs of, I've got to sit somewhere for eight hours to be seen to be successful. I've got to sit somewhere for eight hours so that my boss thinks I'm productive. And so that idea of, you know, I need to be visible, I need to be, you know, in someone's space so that they give me a promotion, you know, it becomes nonsense. And so the opportunities really are here for people to say, look, you know, you're employing me to do X, I'm doing X. When I do it and how I do it, you know, you may not care so much about. And I think the good leaders have understood that. And so I think for me, when I think about hybrid and remote, I think it's also about leadership, Matt, because we've heard this, you know, the the kind of social media and the press is all over this, you know, the mandate to come back into the office so that we can see what you're doing. So we can control you. We can we, we, we can see whether you're productive. We we can make sure that you're not, you know, going jogging or going to the gym three times a day and then walking your dog five times a day. We want to see what you're doing. But actually, that is not how good work happens. Right? That is not how high-performing work gets done. And so that idea of, you know, you've got to be visible, um, you know, it's just really disappeared when you look at the the really amazing practices that, you know, the opportunities that remote and hybrid have to offer. If we move away from that 
presenteeism argument because you know as you say in many cases it's a a non-argument when you look at some of the you know the great things that are happening what are the what are the genuine challenges in hybrid and remote working what you know what are the challenges that you face what are the things that employers should be really working through to get the most out of this new world of work we find ourselves in there are plenty of challenges. I, you know, I, I, I would say that, you know, I, I truly believe that we need to have the real conversations versus the kind of textbook, you know, this is the best practice handbook. And if you do it like that, you know, you'll be amazing. You know, the challenges, you know, if I look at my own team, we are in 27 countries across all different time zones. And so, you know, you really have to rethink how you're going to engage with that team. How are you going to reach that team? How are you going to speak to that team? Because that team may never be awake when you're awake. So the time zones may make it even impossible to, to cross paths. And so, you know, you'll have some technology tools, you'll have, you know, some some understanding with the team on, you know, how, how work gets done. But the, the challenges are also the opportunities. And, you know, when people feel trusted and, you know, you know exactly what is expected of you, you know exactly what the outcome is going to be that, you know, you've been asked to produce, you know, you can iron that piece. You can be accountable for that piece of work and you know where to find your boss you know where to find your co-workers you know if you have questions if you need to you know hop on a call to, to to talk something through and so I think it is all about mindset yes they are challenges you know we've talked about time zones a little bit it might be something different right it might be loneliness it might be the feeling of being disconnected it might be the feeling of actually you know it's just me here you know I'm expected to do this, but actually I don't know how to do it. I, you know, I need the help from someone else, but I don't know who that someone else is because, you know, I, I can't see them. I can't bump into them in the office. I, I I don't know who they are. And so for organizations, you know, very much from the moment when you onboard someone right through the entire employee journey, it's really, really important that you give them the right setup, the right tools, the right infrastructure. And, you know, you show them where they can find information. You show them, you let them know, you know, where they can go to. Maybe they have a buddy as part of the, the journey when they're here, where you say, look, you know, if you if you need anything, you know, there's someone here who's gone through that very same journey or a similar journey, you know, they are available in your time zone. So you really need to think about, you know, what are the potential kind of day-to-day, you know, situations that that person may find themselves in and then go, okay, you know, how do we solve that? And you have to listen. You know, the employee has probably gone through some frustrations. They've probably know they probably know exactly what the challenges are. Just ask them. You don't have to make it up. You don't have to read a book or talk to someone else about, you know, someone else's challenges. You can say, what can I do for you? You know, what would be helpful? You know, what is it you need so you can get this piece of work done? And you know, you talk about the, you know, the challenges of remote work, you know, another one is, you know, the the kind of always on culture, right? So you might work for an American company, and, you know, your time zones are very different. And, you know, you are now finding yourself, you know, sitting there every evening, every night working, because your boss is awake, or the majority of your team are awake. And, you know, the all the data, Matt, that I've seen over the last few years, you know, burnout is ripe, 
you know, over overwhelm, overwork, stress, you know, people work more hours. And this is interesting. I want to, you know, you can't see my hand, but I want to put my hand up at this moment and go, you know, remote workers are not lazy. Remote workers, if you look at the data, work a lot more hours. There's usually no commute. There's usually no distraction like you'd have in the office and there's a lot of work that takes place and so how do we as companies and how do we as employees how do we come together and you know understand and recognize that challenge that's a huge challenge and and what are the things what are the conversations we're going to have what are the things we're going to put into place because Again, you know, you might go, oh, I don't mind if my person overworks, you know, I, you know, they're doing a good job and, you know, they're really productive. Actually, they're not going to be productive 100%, you know, for the next few years. Their productivity is going to dip and dip and dip. And so, it, you know, it is something we've got to talk about. It's something we've got to think about because, you know, if you are in an office with them or you see them, you might be able to send them home, right? You might be able to go, hey, you know, we've had a long day now, you know, let's go home. At home, you don't know. You don't know what that person is up to. You don't know whether that person gets up, goes into their laptop and maybe stays on their laptop until the end of the evening. And we've seen that. I have a lot of data points to suggest that that is what happens with a lot of people, not to be confused with the people who are not productive, at work, you know, working from home or working remotely. But there's a lot of work that takes place. And we've got to watch that. We've got to understand, you know, the the severe impact that that will have on an employee's health, on an employee's ability to get good work done. A quick message from our sponsor, Winolo. Hi, everyone. I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W-O-N-O-L-O. Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees, you can save on operating costs meet demand and maximise earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over 100 markets, including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com pod. That's www.wonolo.com slash pod and take the stress out of finding workers. I want to come back to that in a second and talk more about culture and, and how you can really kind of make people thrive in that kind of environment. Before we do, I just want to literally just pick up on the, the point that you made earlier about tapping into this global pool of talent. If you want to recruit the best project manager for the job that you have in, in the world, this gives you the opportunity to do it. How do organizations who want to do that, how do they need to think differently about recruiting? Because obviously they're going to have to stand out as an employer across global markets of talent. You know, they can't use their office as a selling point or a, a way of describing their culture. What can employers do to kind of really stand out and be that global employer of choice? 
I love that question, Matt. And, you know, I think the answer is somewhere where, you know, we, we've got to look at everything we've got here, whether it's a policy, whether it's a playbook, a handbook, the benefits, you know, really look at, you know, why should they join us? You know, what makes us different? What makes us special? And the good companies out there these days, you know, they are really, you know, personalizing and, you know, putting stuff into place that actually matters to someone. So if you think about benefits, for example, you know, you're absolutely right that the free food or the, the fresh food or the pizza in an office, you know, isn't relevant anymore. And so what are the benefits that matter to people? And, you know, at Velocity Global, you know, I look back at the last few years and we've had a, a variety of benefits that we've tried and have been really successful. Last year we made available the services of a resilience coach to everyone in the company. It's hugely, hugely successful. We also had a travel fund program in place that enabled employees on their anniversary to you know take an amount of money and you know travel and work from anywhere these are just two small examples it could be something very very different but really as an employer think about you know in this remote setup what do my employees cherish value you know benefit from and you don't know the answer so you also need to have the ability you know to maybe give them an amount of money and say look you know I give you this amount of money I want you to do X and Y. You choose the provider, you choose the nature of the benefit. So we are getting very, very creative, right? When we think about, you know, why people come to a company, you know, it is getting very, very creative when you look out there. And, you know, the you know, the the kind of the the value proposition has, as you say, Matt, has really changed beyond recognition. The other thing, of course, I've got to say it, um, you know, I'm a big proponent of it. This is how we work at Velocity Global. This is how the majority of our clients work. It's that nature of working anywhere. It's that that flexibility. And a lot of people look for that. So I, I have a data point. I think it was summer last year. We had at one point, let me say, 120 vacancies you know on the market and we had over 100,000 applicants and people flocking to the website and checking us out and you know the the overriding theme here was it was the flexibility it was the nature or the the ability the opportunity to work anywhere when a lot of the you know the employers out there were demanding or mandating the return to the office when when that collision you know started to to, to really kind of you know come full swing where people said actually I've moved away I I cannot you know I cannot I'm not able to move back I I don't want to or, you know I I want you to trust me employer I've been doing this for some time you know or maybe I've move back to my home country or you know I've just grabbed the opportunity and I've gone somewhere else and I don't want that to be taken away again and so that huge huge appetite Matt for people to choose their location and if you go back to that project manager example you know I'm sitting here I'm looking for the best project manager in the world you know, I don't mind where they come from, right? If I if I have the ability to employ anywhere in the world, what I what I care about is: do they have the right skill set? Do they have the ability to complete this project for me? And everything else becomes more or less irrelevant. And so, when you turn that around, you know, the question is: you know, what are what are people looking for? How do we how do we attract global talent? 
it is really, you know, by giving those flexibilities, by giving that freedom. And, you know, also think about, you mentioned the global audience, you know, a global audience may have a different language, might articulate values in a different way. And so really as an employer or as a, you know, recruiter or HR professional, look at your job descriptions. You know, how are you selling the role? How are you selling the company? What's the impact the people that you're looking to attract can make at the company? And that all feeds into your new value proposition. You know, what it what can you expect here? So, you know, I'd be surprised if there is anyone who can just copy and paste what they've always done. I think it does require a complete rethink. And that's challenging, right? You sit there and you go, okay, I want to make it sound fancy, but, you know, I, I don't know what to say. It's challenging. But if you can get through that, really question yourself, you know, what do we have to offer here? I think that's when the magic happens. And I suppose tying all of that together in terms of, you know, how you talk about the benefits and the and the organisation and also dealing with the, the challenges of remote and hybrid. Talk to us a little bit more about culture. How do you enable people to thrive in this type of organisation? Yes, and I, I, I welcome the question. And let me say this, and the, the people I work with, they, they know this because I say this frequently. We are all culture, Matt. Every single, you know, every single one of us is a culture carrier. And the reason why I say that and why I believe that is when you are in a hybrid or a remote or a synchronous work setup, it's really, really difficult, you know, to define or to direct or to control culture. You might be in an office, you might have the sense that you are in control of the culture. You probably not, but you might have that sense. When you are in a remote work setup, you have no sense of control as it relates to the culture ever. And so what that means is for companies, for, for leaders, for CEOs, for people teams, is you've got to be very intentional about the stories you share, the, the narratives, you know, how you articulate what we do as a company, and you know, the values, because you know, someone gets up in the morning and, you know, they've never met any of their teammates and they work in a silo or work in isolation, you know, how on earth are you going to foster a positive culture there? And so you need some really cool systems. You need platforms that enable people to meet. You need that sense of, you know, togetherness, belonging. You need that sense of community and you need really, really good leaders that don't you know, leave you alone, that don't allow silos, that really drive collaboration, teamwork, you know, being together, driving impact. That to me, all of that is culture. And I have a choice. I wake up in the morning and I have a choice, you know, what I contribute towards that culture. And I think it's really important to say that because in a remote setup, the culture and the attitude and the behaviors of every single person that is what makes up the culture. And, you know, in, in that sense, you also have a duty to make sure that people who are working with you, you know, they're living that. And so, you know, if, 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 if someone isn't aligned with that, you know, you take the same action that you would take in an office, right? You'd, you'd, you try and figure that out because, you know, there's this famous quote that says your company's as good as the, the, you know, the, the kind of worst behavior that tolerate and that is also true remotely so make no mistake that the challenges are the same 
It's a little bit more tricky to deal with that and to identify it. But ultimately, it is about being intentional. It's about being really, you know, having really, really good leaders and, you know, leading by example. Final question for you. Just looking to the to the future. So if we go sort of three, four, five years into the future, how do you think we're going to be talking about the future of work then? What's next after this evolution that we're going through? It's a good question. I don't think we're done with this evolution. I think it's easy to think that we are, but there's a lot of, you know, lots of different trends, lots of collisions happening. And, you know, I would say that the future of work, I think, is that of freedom. And I think of, you know, anyone, anywhere, anyhow, you can be in Ghana or in Kenya or in Norway, or in Japan, and you have access to the same job opportunities that someone has who might be located in San Francisco, California. And, you know, I think we're moving that way, but the idea is still very radical. Anyone, anywhere, anyhow, we're not even 5% there, Matt. And so for me, you know, the future is about choice, the future is about freedom, the future is about trust, and the future is about getting work done rather than appearing to get work done. All of those are really radical concepts. We may have been talking about them for two or three years, but we're not done yet. Absolutely. So much work still to, still to do. Sarah, thank you very much for talking to me. It's been a pleasure, Matt. Thank you. My thanks to Sarah. And a quick reminder that you can register for my webinar on navigating the future for talent acquisition at bit.ly slash Matt Alder. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast, and get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.